What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Go Long Show. Tyler Dunn here with Jim Monis. As promised, an NFC conversation. We went pretty deep on the AFC earlier this week, trying to make sense of everything happening over there. And then since that podcast, Jim, Joe Flacco just decides to uh, go go Joe Vic on the New York Jets. Did you see that play? That was something else. Yes. I mean, where do you want to start, Tyler? What's happening? Life good. You know, I was going to say, nobody prepares you for uh, this Christmas to New Year's week when you have a four-year-old and a two-year-old. It's been, we were going to record this yesterday and it's, it's, it's different, man. When they've got a toy to look at and then redirect to another toy and another and another. And I feel like we're in combine training. You know, one of those training facilities down in Arizona or Florida, it's been it's been active and we're loving it. No complaints. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, My son's right in between. LA. He's right in between year two. He's three and a half. So, yes. I oh, you're right there. Yeah. I can relate. But it's been great. Hope everybody out there had a fantastic Christmas. New Year's around the corner here. Okay. NFC. No small talk. This is serious business, Jim. San Francisco gets beat up pretty good by Baltimore, but I think we're all in agreement. The 49ers are the best team in the NFC. Correct me if I'm wrong. You're the uh, longtime personnel man who was in there with the Philadelphia Eagles, New Orleans Saints, director personnel with the Buffalo Bills. Is it is it San Francisco? Yeah. And then everybody else trying to find a way to beat San Francisco? Yeah. And the one game is one game and get, you know, it happens to everybody um, and get it out. We, every week, I feel like we have to say it. it's a week to week league, erase it, study the stats, get into what you believe in. When you analyze teams, the 49ers are still top in every category you could want offensively and defensively. They don't really have a weakness. You could maybe poke holes in their run defense a little, maybe if you're trying to find something or some passing yards per game, but that's because they're always up. You can't find stuff on the 49ers. They're legit, rock-solid team. This this episode should be about who is going to challenge them because they are the clear – They're like, do you agree? I mean, I don't want to just say but do you agree they're clear-cut? I, to me, they're clear-cut best team. Without question. Okay. Yeah. I think I mentioned in a, in a story a couple weeks ago that Christian McCaffrey should be the MVP front-runner uh, because everything, everything was running through him. And then I watched that Ravens game, and I I start to understand that word valuable a little bit more, right? Christian McCaffrey probably is the most talented. I always thought that debate was a little silly. This is like, the debate. They're this kind of the one and the same. But that game kind of brings it into focus, doesn't it? Or am I overthinking this where you see how valuable the quarterback position is? Because McCaffrey statistically was great again. I mean, he, he had over 100 yards. He busted loose a few times, uh, but it didn't matter. Brock Purdy threw four interceptions. Lamar Jackson made a slew of big plays. You, you can see why the MVP award has become a quarterback award because you could be this all-worldly running back, wide receiver, pass mm-hmm. rusher, but, but how much does it affect the bottom line? It, it, it still is a quarterback's league through and through. Because the word valuable, it always comes. This is the, this is the age-old debate. You said it. If it's value, then... I always feel like they give the most talented player. That's your offensive and defensive player of the year. 
that'll be your McCaffrey. That'll be your Miles Garrett. And then they'll just throw per or whoever the quarterback of the month is, they'll throw in there. Personally, I'm with you. McCaffrey, Miles Garrett. I, why can't Garrett get the MVP? I don't know. I, I That one is hard for me to understand. That's He is the version. We talked about, I said TJ Watt was the Mahomes for the Steelers. Garrett is that for the Browns as well. I mean, he is their quarterback, even though Flacco, <laughs> we'll get into Flacco. That's AFC though. Stick to the NFC and all this good stuff about MVP. It's got, it, it could be McCaffrey or Garrett if you're doing it the right way. Tonight, and I love Dallas, Purdy, by the way. I didn't want to just so you know, I do love Purdy. And to answer follow that question, yes, the quarterback is everything. Here, here's what I wanted to ask you Would you take Mahomes, Josh Allen, and all your skill players are undrafted? Okay, or Josh Dobbs, or pick a guy. I don't, I shouldn't use Dobbs. Pick any of the 40 guys we've been watching for the past month, Danny DeVito. All the guys we love. Pick him with Christian McCaffrey. Danny DeVito. I like how he, Tommy DeVito's become Danny DeVito. Yeah, well, he said it. As soon as you – they love you, and as soon as you get benched, they hate you. It, and I feel for him because it is quick. But come on, man. Tyrod Taylor is going to play over you any day of the week. Yeah, um, yeah. That's not – you didn't do anything wrong. You're the third string for a reason. Okay, so DeVito, DeVito and, and DeVito and Jefferson and McCaffrey – you know, some Pro Bowl-type names? Or do you take the quarterback with undrafted? Do you take Mahomes and Allen and take your chances? That's how I value quarterback. Because I'm, I'm just going to take Mahomes and Allen and take my chances on finding some guys. I, I would as well. Yeah. I think so there it is. I think you're taking Mahomes or Allen. You're taking them. Trusting that they'll elevate those around them. Yep. It, it, they will. We've seen it. So, anyway, yes. And it's not fair for the MVP because they – just it's such a debate on the word valuable. That's where Allen has a strong case. If you were to take Josh Allen off of the Buffalo Bills, but, this is a three or four win team. Is that too strong of a statement? Maybe strong, but fair enough to your point. Chiefs as well. If Kyle Allen or Matt Barkley, or whoever the hell, whoever it is of the Trubisky month, a couple years ago, jerseys, jersey Bills swap. Back you up. Can just jersey swap all these guys. Right. I mean, if what's happening to all of these other teams is happening to the Buffalo Bills, no doubt. I think it's catastrophic. If you can just find, like, when you're the Bills, when you're a legit team, like, you just have to find a guy that's not going to turn the ball over. And that's what's been funny about Flacco. He's turned the ball over. I know. I know. And it's not hurting them. I, that This is one is where we're just, I don't know what to say. But um, back to the, yes, to your point, they're not winning. The Bills so aren't I'm not winning. sure when people are listening to this show because Detroit and Dallas play tonight. Oh, I know. I like that. It's, it, it's a game, I, I think, as we referenced before, but both do want to look good. Both do want to win. In terms of seeding, it doesn't matter a Here's hell of a lot, but... I mean, I guess it was with McGinn we were talking about this. I think with the way that Dallas has been playing lately, they did show some more fight against Miami. But now you're starting to wonder about Mike McCarthy this time of year again. Is it going to be another one-and-done McCarthy playoff team? Did Detroit, you know, they win the division for the first time in 30 years. Uh, they're on the verge of maybe their first playoff win since Eric Kramer, who we just had on for that conversation 
I mean, that was what 1991 when they beat the Cowboys before the Cowboys reign. I mean, that's how long it's been. You just know that they're dying to prove to everyone they're legit. So I do think this game matters tonight. I think so, more than like the the final score. Like, what does it what does it look like? Right? Like, so, does does Detroit look like a legit contender yeah, that could maybe might. take a few swings at San Francisco? And does Dallas look any different than what we've seen in January the last few seasons when they've just kind of shriveled? Now I'm smiling because this game is – both teams are going to show up, national game. But I don't care what anybody says. This game is means much more to Dallas than Detroit. Detroit can say all the stuff they want. They just hit a huge milestone last week. Huge milestone. That is a human, natural letdown in the gambling world. It's just hard to get back up after you just reached a milestone. And like you said, this their seed is done. Detroit, I'm pretty sure, is locked in. So regardless, this to me is a Dallas. You, they need to show up. Dallas needs to show up tonight. Like, I, I think I'm not worried about Detroit. We know what they are. They're going to come out. If they're indoors, be scared. They're going to score. They're going to offense is legit. If it's outdoors, golf's going to struggle, throw the ball away. We've seen it before. But Dallas, Dallas is good enough, in my opinion, on both sides of the ball to threaten San Fran. And I know that we know the game, and all, but they need to get just get back to what they do on track, win this game. I just feel like this would be a huge red flag for McCarthy to lose this game. I'll put it to you that way. And I've defended McCarthy. I picked Dallas to win the NFC in our predictions, and I think I even picked him maybe for coach of the year because I thought he was going to get Dallas going, which I know is great. I'm not a McCarthy believer. I'm not a McCarthy hater. Yeah. I think I'm right in that middle. And I'm like that with Dak as well. I'm on the fence with both of them. Like, I, I don't know which one is at the end of the day. I'm not sure which one could be the issue there. Maybe the two of them, the combo might be too much to overcome for Dallas, those two together. But that being said, I expect Dallas to beat Detroit. It's crazy how things can, can change on a dime. They go into Orchard Park, a 10 and three team off of, pounding Philadelphia 33-13 which was off of a, a thrilling win over Seattle 41-35 shootout which was off of thrilling a slew of poundings they beat up the Panthers 33-10 Washington 45-10 the Giants 49-17 like you they were definitely. rolling and they hit a little adversity they get punched in the mouth see adversity slash I always bring it back to the tough spot. I know that's a, a gambling phrase, but I'm using it as an analyst phrase for our purposes as well. It, I told you that with that game. That was a tough spot for Dallas. You basically just described Detroit for me, where, yeah. you know, milestone game, hit a, you know, you're rolling, you're rolling, come back down to earth. It happens. I don't think Detroit's going to lay an egg tonight. Like Dallas laid an egg in Buffalo. I think it's going to be a good game between Dallas and Detroit. I just feel like this is a Dallas must – not I hate using must win. They need to show that they're actually a real team that's going to, you know, compete in the playoffs and not just show up and get bounced like they always do. All right, so I think that's going to lead us into – Yeah, the, this the is NFC. This, this discussion because Dallas probably is going to be traveling once again to Tampa Bay. 
So and they clobbered Tampa Bay last season. It was Tom Brady's final game, and it was ugly. They might be going back to Tampa Bay, and they're not facing Tom Brady. They're facing the one and only Baker Mayfield, the resurgent, revitalized comeback player of the year. Real quick, should Demar Hamlin be comeback player of the year? Because he he'll win it because he his heart stopped on a football field, or do you say, all right, come on, he's a backup safety. We're, this is an award that we're going to look at substance this season, what guys are doing performance wise, and you give it to Mayfield or Flacco. Any thoughts there? Thoughts are you give it to Mayfield or Flacco? Agreed. Hamlin. I don't know how else to say it. It has nothing to do. It's not taken away from Hamlin. We all know the it story. doesn't. Yeah. Fair enough. No, nothing needs to be said. So I, I think that we so we know the 49ers are the best, and we know Dallas is doing what Dallas does, and good luck having a strong opinion on Mike McCarthy's team right now. I'm good luck you. having an opinion on the Philadelphia Eagles. They are just falling apart. It's their defense, Tyler. Their defense is garbage right now. Like it's garbage. They're secondary. I'm talking like they're ranked in the 26th. In twenty, like in the low twenties, in some past defense stats that are critical in the NFL. I mean, how are you going to win? How are you going to beat anybody if you can't stop the pass at all? So, yeah, Philly's in trouble. That's what Jim Monas would call a fatal flaw. I feel like it may be if Hertz isn't Superman, however you want to say it, and he hasn't been. But that's that's why I'm kind of. And it's always going to come back. We can, we're going to sprinkle in all these teams, Tampa Rams. We're going to talk about all of them, but it's always going to come back to who can give San Fran. It's, it's San Fran and who's going to challenge them. And, and we just saw Philadelphia get embarrassed by San Francisco. So that's why I'm really interested in everybody else. Like, is there you. anybody else that one day, one game, what do they say in little giants in the locker room? One time. So it was one time for the little giants and Rick Moranis and Icebox and Hot Hands to upset Spike and the Cowboys. Just takes one time, Jim, for one of these other NFC teams to shock the world and beat San Francisco. So I'm looking forward to delving into the world once again of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We touched on the Los Angeles Rams. Jordan Love, you know, if he gets into the tournament, you never know what could happen. This is my favorite thing. That, by the way, this is <laughs> it. Just sparked me thinking about this. The, the new segment should be: Who is the scariest team? This—that's everybody's. Everybody's scared to play Buffalo. Everybody's scared to play the Rams. <laughs> you know. That I am so sick of because neither team might even make the playoffs. Like, right. We could we could be so terrified of the teams that aren't making the playoffs. Like it's just everybody. Isn't that the terrified. great phrase? The team that nobody wants to face. They like might not they might not make the playoffs, but we're terrified of them. And it's like true that, because it's just parody. That's all this is. The way I just said parody sounded that sounded like the way Cam Newton said Brock Purdy's last name. I don't know if you heard him talk about the game managers, the quarterbacks. Oh. But the way he's great when Cam Newton just kind of uh, well, steps out of the wilderness and rip. I mean, he's, he does make an interesting point here or there. This I'll is the issue that. for Cam. Cam, yes, Dak, Purdy, 
Goff, whoever he named, they're not you. You're right. We know who we're drafting getting off the bus. It's real simple. If Purdy and Cam are getting off the bus, we know who we're drafting. That being said, Cam can say whatever. That's fine. for He, he, he looks at them as game managers because he, they aren't carrying a bum team on their back like he did in Carolina. Like no, he, he held did them back. Auburn. Didn't you hear? Didn't you hear? In those no. Bills offensive meetings, Cam Newton, uh, he, he was holding the Panthers back. <sighs> anyway, a lot of jobs were Cam Newton got a lot of people jobs. He got teams national championships at Auburn with no NFL talent on that team. Goes to Carolina. Gene, Gene Chiswick wrote a book, didn't he? After that season, I believe I remember seeing Gene Chiswick had an autobiography Just out. Just like Tommy DeVito. Right get, and then get, he's like fired a couple years later. Take advantage of your 15 minutes. Go to the pizza shop, write your book, get your 15 minutes in. Cam Newton didn't have 15 minutes. He had years. Point being is he's wrong. I don't, I don't agree with what Cam said. He can say whatever he wants. And I get why he's saying it. When you're that good, you're looking at everybody. You, Cam Newton's never looked at another guy that he thinks he's better than. Like that, that guy's not better than me, and he was probably right. He's a Hall of Very Good. He's not a Hall of Fame. I'm, you know, I'm fine I, with that too. I'm fine. With I, that. Yeah, like he's. We we're gonna have to remember players like Cam Newton in, in in the correct context. But for that one season in 2015, he was Superman, right? I mean, that was a celebration. He was unbelievable. Everything ran through him. I really, I was, I was in Santa Clara for that Super Bowl Buffalo News at the time, and I remember thinking that uh, they were just going to obliterate Denver. I didn't think it'd be close. You know what's funny, Jim? This kind of brings it a little full circle for you. I'd have to look it up. Hopefully, it's out there somewhere in the abyss. Um, I did a a big story that week on the fact that you know Buddy Nix loved Cam Newton. Loved him. Like he wanted Cam Newton in the worst way. And I talked to Buddy about it. And Marty Herney, uh, you know, he was with the Panthers. Mm-hmm. Everybody that I could that was kind of involved in that draft process. And uh, it just, that, that's where this time of year gets so fascinating too for like all the teams we haven't been discussing. Because I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of ruined their chance at Cam Newton. They want, they were 0-8, I believe, and finished 4-4. Four and four. And that was the draft with Von Miller, AJ Green, Julio Jones, just a ton of guys. And the Bills, quote unquote, settle for Marcel Darius. Not 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 a bad consolation prize. No, he was legit. But he was legit. Man, he was a tease. At the time, I I I thought you guys did the right thing too, giving him that contract extension. He was one of, if not the most disruptive defensive tackles in football. For a top-rate defense. It wasn't like we we were established. Yeah. Like, we felt like we're not messing with this defense. We knew the we knew we had to find a way to get the quarterback stabilized. So, you, what I always say, can't lose good players. Hey, do you, do you remember that preseason? I don't know if we've talked about this. Go ahead. They played the – I believe they were in Cleveland or Detroit. No, they were in Detroit maybe. One of those preseason games, but I talked to Darius. It was right during the contract negotiations and he was pissed. And he told me that you guys were treating him a dime a dozen, dime a dozen Darius. He was pretty upset. I I can say this. That's wrong. He he was treated fine. (laughs) He was treated just fine. 
Us, us media folk just just stirred it up. Well, Marcel may have been stirring it up too. I don't know. No, trust me, it didn't take much prodding. Yeah, it didn't take I mean. any prodding. That, that sounds like that out of Marcel. Yet. So, Marcel, how's the contract situation? Dime a dozen. If because they look at that, if 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 the team isn't saying you're bet you're the best at your position, they feel disrespected. However, yeah. that is, or if it's you're the eighth best. And he feels like he's better than the two guys or two of those guys ahead of him. I mean, that's where the disrespect comes okay. in. But. I'm sorry. Every, if, if nobody cares about I had to look this up. I found the old quote. So this was after an, an 11 to 10 victory over the Cleveland Browns in the exhibition season. This is what Darius told me in the locker room. Quote, they're making it hard. And it's just really making me unhappy. I feel like they don't really want me. We're still waiting. I feel like they don't want me here as bad as I want to be here, as bad as the fans and my team wants me here. I feel like they're saying, whatever, you come a dime a dozen. Yeah, I, we, could, we could have some fun. Here's, here's I, I promise there's a point. We were just breaking down J.R. Alexander with yes. Bob, and you know he gets 21 mil a year, the richest cornerback, richest defensive back in NFL history. Mm. He's talented too. I mean, there's been flashes. Um, there's been all pro moments. And there's been disappearing acts. There's been loafing. This Carolina game was an absolute disaster. Bob broke it down play to play to agonizing play. And it, it's somebody not earning the money he was he was paid objectively. Darius, similar. I mean, he just wasn't the same player after he got paid. That's got to be so tough in a front office. How is this player going to react to getting a lot of money in his bank account? Darius is an extreme case. I mean, his personal story, his life is surreal. Everybody close to him pretty much has died. He he didn't really have many mentors. I know owner Terry Pagula really looked after him as well. He, he didn't have a lot of people in his life that looked after him. So that I, I, I'll, I'll always have a soft spot. For Marcel Darius, knowing where he comes from, what he's been through. Um, but man, it is big business. You pay anybody that much money. What was his contract? That was a hundred mil in total. I don't know what he, how much he got to of it. You know, it's funny. Gilmore just missed out on timing with the Bills, Stefan Gilmore, because we were using the money to keep that defense together with Marcel, Aaron Williams, we we paid. We were already invested in Jerry, Mario, Willie. You know what I'm saying? We were yeah. invested. Yeah. So Gilmore comes up. Gilmore, for, for Gilmore, it was perfect timing because he was up. His contract was ready, and we had zero money, and he was I, – I don't know. I, we'd have to ask Gilmore, but I'm sure he wasn't um, too upset to be leaving Buffalo because his career his, – he's played better, I think, every place he's gone since – he looks better than he did in Buffalo. Not that he didn't look good in Buffalo. He's gone from a good player in Buffalo to yeah. we now are talking Hall of Fame, I think, for Gilmore. But I'm so sick of using Hall of Fame, too. That's like saying who you scared to play with in the playoffs. But um, Yeah, the Hall of Fame's it, – it's I know. I don't know. It's getting really saturated. Saturated. I, I'm kind yeah, of hate saying that. on that one. I hate saying that because Jiree Evans is a finalist. Um, I know. It's a strong word. There's – he he would be in a legitimate Hall of Fame. He's legit, I agree. There's there's legit. Deion Sanders said it too. There's yeah. 
there's levels of that jacket. Yeah. Yeah. There's levels. Anyway, um, this was going back to the whole cam, the bills taking cam. And it was talking about Marcel's contract with Jair Alexander. How do you know how people are going to respond to money? You don't. And you're, you made a great point. Marcel's background, his support system, everything that you need in life that we all were fortunate. You and I, we're all fortunate to have support systems and man, who do you trust? Who can you trust? We don't, I, we can't relate to those, you know, getting contracts like that. And who do you trust? And, can I just give a shout out here too while we're on the topic, Jim? Because that was probably um, that that story on Marcel Darius that feature on like everybody in his life who has has passed away, Absolutely. and he he opened up. He kind of bared his soul at one point. He kind of like walked away from the interview and came back. It was really difficult for him to kind of go through each death and what that person meant to him and how it affected him. I I just want to give a shout out to Chris Jenkins. He worked in Bills, media relations then, and it, it kind of took that middleman to talk to Marcel. Like, hey, this is an opportunity to, you know, maybe maybe it'll even be help if you just verbalize some of the stuff that you've been through. And uh, whatever he said to Marcel, Marcel was willing to, to share some stories that he had never shared before then. So, you know, I think there's some really good PR people out there around the NFL who do a really good job. and. He certainly was one when I was on the beat. Yeah, that's a fun. That's a point that you can bring up to people that don't know what goes on in the inside for players. But when staff members for the teams, whether it's a PR director, assistants, communications in that department, when the players trust those guys, whoever it is, and one of those guys says, "Them, hey, this writer's good," or "Hey, you should do this story. He's a good dude. He hasn't talked," you know, that helps a player get to you. Like, so those, it's a, it's a whole thing to get a player to talk to, you know, for yeah. you to talk to somebody. And then they're more willing to open up to you a little bit if they're being told, Hey, you know, you can talk to him. He's good. It's a roundabout way. Yes. Get into the point here. I mean, um, everybody, everybody's tuned in for Marcel Darius, but does it, right, right. to unseat San Francisco yes. to win a playoff game or two or three or four, you need the quarterback. You need a quarterback to get hot. And doesn't necessarily mean that you need to be a Hall of Fame quarterback. So when we look at all these other teams, like I don't really want to talk about Dallas, you know, Phillies in this swoon. Who else could possibly threaten in that one game, one moment? I'm going with Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that if they host Dallas this time, it's crazy to say because they got their faces beat in with Tom Brady. I think that they beat Dallas at home in that playoff game. This is a team peaking at the right time, Jim. I mean, defensively watching that Jacksonville game. I mean, they're up 30 to nothing at one point, and that's settling with three field goals as well. Devin White, Antoine Winfield. You're seeing these familiar names. They had Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill on the ropes, holding them to nine points. Mahomes running for his life. I mean, uh, White had a big interception. Winfield, too. Winfield's hitting people. I feel like you still need that defensive back that's gonna that's gonna tow that line. Jair Alexander ain't towing that line. Right? He, he's not necessarily looking for contact on a Sunday afternoon. No, the Bucks have those DBs 
that embrace the physicality of the sport. Devin White, when he's locked in, is the best inside linebacker in football, the best playmaker as a blitzer, as a ball hawk. They're getting pass rush, and then offensively, Baker Mayfield, he looks like a first overall pick. He's been great. He's throwing on time. He's throwing touch passes. He's thread needles. He did it against Green Bay. I get it. Joe Barry, he tends to work his Christmas magic and, and make everybody look good. But Baker Mayfield was perfect. Right after that fumble, he was perfect. 158.3. And he's got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Trey Palmer. Rashad White is a dual threat. I know we've all been teased before. This 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 really does look like the best version of Baker Mayfield that we've seen in the pros. Even going back to the really good year he had with Cleveland, because with Cleveland, when they get to the playoffs and they upset Pittsburgh, you know, still it's run heavy, um, working off play action, and he's a really good play action quarterback. You're seeing him with Dave Canales throwing in rhythm and accurately. His accuracy has been better than it's ever been. So this isn't to declare the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2023 Super Bowl champs, but um, I think in that in that cruddy division of the NFC South that's just been mocked all season, to your point earlier, the season's such a marathon, four months, eventually you see the cream of the crop emerge. And, of course, as I say all this to loose to New Orleans on Sunday, but I, I mean, Tam- Tampa Bay – they, I think they're they're they're, they're a you're catching a on legit though, division saying. winner playoff team and Baker Mayfield is a reason why they're not winning in spite of Baker Mayfield. Fair enough. Um, I've had a long history of up and down roller coasters with Baker Mayfield because I thought he was good enough. I never thought he was superstar, but thought he was good enough. And then we know the last couple of years it's just been for any quarterback when you start getting bounced around, it's hard. The good is he seems to have found a home. But if we're going to talk about Tampa in for real, for real, I don't think they're good enough on pass defense, Tyler, to really threaten a real team. They are 27th, <clears throat> giving up yards per pass. They are sure. yards per, passing yards per game, dead last at 32nd pass defense. Hey, you're not beating. You're not beating the real we team. We don't like we don't like analytics and numbers on this show. I, I have to Get go out to- of here. Now, let's go. That's their defense. Baker, playing well. They are 20th in yards per play as an offense. That's garbage. They are 17th in points per game. Points per play, they're 13th, which is middle of the road. Yards per game, 23rd. This is a team that is average. I think they're just average across the board with some good receivers. Baker's a tough quarterback. He's a he's certainly not an elite quarterback. He's certainly not a you know he's in that middle of the road. If everything's right, you see you can maybe get to the playoffs with Baker. I, I just don't see them threatening with. I, I'm not seeing enough analytically to tell me they're a rock solid team. I'm seeing dead last in pass defense in certain stats, and I'm seeing an average offense. You see what I'm saying? I'm not seeing where's the, where's the, what are you hanging your hat on with Tampa? Here's, here's, this would be my counter argument though. It's 
yes, as a whole, the entire season, you can't argue with those numbers. But it's about right now. Hot and about, how is how is a team looking in yep. this moment? You want to get hot and healthy right now. Yeah, that that's what Tony Dungy said back when the Colts won the Super Bowl in 06. He used those words, hot and healthy. And their run defense, weren't they just absolutely smacked by the Jaguars in a game late in the season? I got to look that up. It, it was it was mm-hmm. abysmal. It looked like, okay, this is this team's fatal flaw. Like, they, they get absolutely smacked. Where is it? Yeah, they lost. They were 10-1, and one and they finished 12-4. and four. So they lost three of their last five. And in that Jacksonville game, I just picture like Maurice Jones drew running like crazy <laughs> for some reason. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's oh my right. God. I'm with this you is though. nuts. What would they have? They, uh, the Jaguars ran for 375 yards and four touchdowns. That's like, they ran for 300 wow. in a 44, 17 absolute obliteration. Jones drew had a buck 66 Fred Taylor. He's up for the Hall of Fame, by the way. A buck 31. Alvin Pierman. Who could ever forget Alvin Pierman added 71 in a touch? So, look, Baker Mayfield, not Peyton Manning. I get it. I'm just saying, like, if you were to look at some of these teams that have gone on Super Bowl runs, that have won a playoff game or two, and it's just it's just a matter of getting hot at the right time and, and watching that Jaguar game. Maybe it's because I've thought highly of the Jaguars, too. They've lost five in a row. They just took it. They just took it to Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence is turning the ball all over the place. He's facing pressure. They're opportunistic on the back end. Baker's almost perfect throwing the ball. I think they beat New Orleans. I think they win the division. And I guess I'm not declaring them Super Bowl champions, but I can see them beating Dallas and making San Francisco sweat. I don't think – I don't – yeah, you I don't, don't see, see it. it. I don't see it. No. Too average to me. I'm just not I, I don't feel strong enough about anything with Tampa other than tip like you're saying. Good job. I think good season. Good job. Baker should be in the running for any award you want. I, I love everything he's doing. I, I I do. I admire their I just don't think they're that I don't I think they're getting credit for playing in a bum division. A little bit. And like for playing in a bad division, their stats aren't even good. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, what what do we, would we be talking about Tampa if they were in a different division? If they were in the NFC East, they're clearly number three. I guess I'm saying they wouldn't be because I'm saying they'd beat Dallas. Fair. That's fair. Yeah. It's, uh, what's their schedule here? Who do they have in the last game? But I just don't see them as a threat to see. I, I just don't see them as a Carolina threat to or Dallas. Really, I know they'd be. I don't care about regular season. I think Dallas gets them in them. But I'm yeah, I look. They almost took down the Bills in Buffalo. Had a nice little comeback week there, week, week to week. Um, so yes, they can beat anybody for sure. I just it, what for me they. We'll get into the next. We'll get into the next team, but I I see them as a good story, not a real threat. And like I you think said, that that there's something said? to be said for a team. They've 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 got players that won a Super Bowl. They've they've got 
that 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 swagger you saw it in that Jacksonville game. I don't know. It was almost kind of like they were finding themselves again. They it's hard to yeah, I get it. The numbers. It's tough for me. I think I, we're I'm all gonna... kind of waiting for Baker to to regress to the mean to what we've seen the last few seasons. But you've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, le- oh, legitimate one A, one B's. I think they've got a really good offensive coordinator in Dave Canales. You know, what's funny is Mike Evans hurt them early in the season. There was two games. He, he, he dropped wide open possible touchdowns for Baker that were game changing plays. You know, you catch Mike Evans makes those plays. You know, I think it's hands down Baker for comeback player of the year. Anyway, good story to me. Not good enough to beat San Fran, but Part of it is probably try to be different because I think we are in agreement on this next team because yeah, we have right. seen it. We have seen Sean McVay against yes. Al Shanahan. Now, we have seen the Rams against talking. the 49ers. I'll uh, I'll still go down. I'll still go down with my Bucks. Over Rams right now. I I can. Well, wait, who are you scared to play, Tyler? Who are you more scared to play? Who are you scared to play? Rams or Tampa? I, I think I think I need to stay with the take. I think I'm staying with Tampa Bay. Gotta gotta stand with that one. Now talk about not beating anybody. Like the the Rams, they look really good. But ha, have they? What what game? What moment has impressed you most with the Rams? So I'm not. I'm more with you. I'm not ready to declare that. I'm t- kind of. They're getting a little overhyped right now. This is always, you know, because we're trying to find a different team. I think what you just said about Tampa reigns true for the Rams. You have Super Bowl winner. You know, you have people that have done it. So you got to pay attention. And we know Stafford has all the talent. I don't know if they're good enough on defense to really beat Dallas, to really beat um, San Fran. Mm -hmm. Could they beat Green Bay if Green Bay's hot, if if Love's hot? I don't know if they can out – that's where I'm with the Rams. We know they're good enough on offense against anybody. Um, but to your point, are they dominant on offense? No, but they are good. They're top 10 offense. So they're legit. See, I know what I'm getting with the Rams. Where Tampa, I see average. Rams, I see a, a maybe a slightly below average defense. They're not great on defense at all. Um, like average would be their best. Where And offensively, they're very good. So, yes. You got to show up. Don't turn. If you turn the ball over against anybody in the playoffs, you're you're opening yourself up for trouble. But for the 49ers, for Dallas, I'm always using those two in the NFC. Philly, got to keep Philly in the conversation. But I don't. If you can't stop them, I don't know how you're beating them. And I just don't think the Rams are good enough on defense to really beat. Once again, they're better than Tampa to me, but not good enough to beat those teams. Offensively, they are. I know Aaron Donald only has only has six sacks, but you watch a Rams mm. game. He's the same. He's always right. He's dominant. He's still with me, Jim. Looks like yeah, yeah, yeah. You froze for a second. Okay. Yep, you bet. Um, double teamed, yeah. triple teamed. He's creating plays for others. I think. The defense is average, but he is not. He is still the same dominant 
generational. Agreed. No doubt. I, I don't think we've seen a defensive player just completely affect a game like Aaron Donald since Reg, since Reggie White. That's your opinion. Still. No, I'm fine with that. He's that good. I'm not are you, here's what I'm going to tell you about. I look at sack percentage for a defense. They're 28th in the NFL in sack percentage. That means they're not like they're not getting to the quarterback. Now, I don't that's not a sacks aren't a big stat. Sack percentage tells me more. I don't sacks are overrated. Percentage is where, okay, who else is getting home? That tells me not a lot of guys are. To your point, because they are, we know they're they're focused on Aaron Donald. Every team is. But hey, offensively, you're one turnover away against the Rams, and you're in trouble because they're scoring. Stafford, Cup, Donald. I know they had to kind of strip the roster to well, to the studs let's after talk they about won the Super Bowl, guys. but you still have guys who know what it takes. The uh, the receiver and and Williams, the running back. Good right, addition. you've replenished pretty damn well. Real tough. Kyron player. Williams, he's yeah, over a thousand just eleven games. Yeah. They're, they're both perfect role play, like good tough role players. You yeah. know, better yeah. than role players, but really good players that don't maybe don't have the physical first round skill set. Not everybody does. That's what that's what you need to surround a quarterback like Stafford with: tough, accountable, damn good football players. Because when you have the right quarterback, that's what you need. As much as I really want to talk myself into the Buccaneers being that dark horse, I think what does ultimately kind of make the Rams that team, these playoff games are often won on the fringes, right? Like two or three plays and coaching can decide those two or three plays. McVay has faced Shanahan so many times. Uh, They know each other's next move. It's so entertaining to kind of just, See that chess match, and then you just have to wonder what the hell is going through Kyle Shanahan's mind when was it Jaquiski Tart? We always come back to that play. We talk about it every interception. I know, I, like it's a, it, it, this high level, high intellect boxing match of all right, what you're you're going to throw this punch, or I'm going to throw that punch, and it's going twelve rounds, and then something like that happens. It just gets to the Rams to the Super Bowl, but I, it's it's hard to see like. McVay and the Rams just getting blasted by the 49ers in the playoffs. Like they would keep it close. Minimum. No, I'm where you I'm could with. see the Bucks stepping up in weight class and having a little trouble. So that's where I'm at. With you that's, yeah. that's a good way. That's a, that's how I see that. Like, yeah, the levels there. Puka Nakua. Puka is Puka Nakua. Tough. What's yeah. Where it really stands out to you from a personnel vantage point in him because he came out of absolute nowhere to the world. Anytime you get a guy that can learn the off. So route running hands, it's a natural fit. Any rookie that succeeds like that, that doesn't have that physical skill set, that tells you how gifted he is. Instincts, hands, concept of the offense. The coaches trusted him right away. When you see a rookie have success right away, that's because he probably, like, what was he, a fifth round pick? That's because he learned the playbook right away. 177th overall, Jim. Fifth round. There you go. Get him on the field, and he's one of the most productive receivers in the league. 
that's but that's a credit to that's instincts, toughness, route awareness, everything you watch with him. He's you know he's not going to beat you, out jump you, and outrun you all the time. Yeah, that's okay. Either did Lance Moore for us in New Orleans. Boy, there's an underrated receiver, Lance. I love it. He's one of my all-time favorite Saint players that people don't talk about enough. Man, you can't third down. That that's what just made me think of it. Tough, accountable. His routes were crazy. He yeah. might run a five flat forty too. <laughs> but he man, he get open and catch it. I'd love a, a Rams Lions playoff game. Wouldn't that be great? Oh, off Stafford. I mean, that kind of can lead us to Detroit. And yes, we need to see that game. That game would be pure entertainment. I think Detroit's still the team to me that would give San Francisco the best game. I get it. Their right defense on. is you don't know. We're going to keep talking about it. Yep. I know. I get it. <laughs> We're going to talk yards about and it. chunks. Oh. They're the Ram- they're they're like the Rams to me. They're the Rams. They get- same team. Yeah, very similar. They're not good enough on, de- they're, not good enough on de- they're the Rams are better on defense than Detroit is. Just so you know. Detroit's defense. Oh, yeah. is not, okay. Detroit's defense is I, I just don't Tyler, I, I, I'm like a broken record. Tampa, Rams. If you don't have a defense, how are you beating the 49ers? How are you beating Dallas? How are you beating Philly? I mean You just engage into a shootout and hope you have more answers on offense. So all this being said, and I Johnson like has a lot of answers. He better indoors with Jared Goff. That's why he can get that contract he's demanding. He can walk around and say, look, we have no defense and we're still winning. I'm the OC. I have a quarterback who can't move and can't play outside, and we're still putting up stats. Pay me. David Montgomery is is healthy. Shamir Gibbs has been exceptional. Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta. He should get some rookie of the year consideration. Amazing. Tight end you. Josh Reynolds, all he does is catch third downs, throwing his way. I, I feel like they're going to have at full strength somebody open on just about every play with that offensive coordinator, and they'll and they'll be able to keep up. I, I think they'll be able to score. I don't know what you're going to get on defense. Agree again. Don't know what you're going to get out of that pass rusher. They're picking up Bruce Irvin in the middle of the season. That tells you everything. I, you're right. This, this, this guy seemed – retired and out of the league three seasons ago. I mean, they're banked up. I mean, James Houston, who we wrote about at length and um, Ali McNeil, they're hoping to get back on the interior soon, but they, uh, they don't have much pass rush and it's the whole chicken or the egg thing. Is it the secondary not holding up, which they've had issues back there. They've been benching players, trying new guys. I I don't know what they're going to get out of their defense. All I know is I trust their offense to score. Agree. Agree. 100% 100% agree with everything you said there. Which leaves us to the 2023 Super Bowl champions, the Green Bay Packers, Jordan yes. Love, Super Bowl MVP. Go long subscriptions for all. Tyler, that is a – his progression is has been just like I said early in the season. I'm not judging him until after the season. He's a rookie. It's his first year starting in the NFL. And it, that's what a rookie looks like. Go through some bumps and bruises, roller coaster up and down, 
But every game you watched, you would always see, I always say the big boy throw, the big boy throw. Oof, he has it. All those awkward angles we talked about, the athleticism. And now it's coming through. And once again, we're going to copy and paste everything we've been saying. Green Bay's offense, they're legit. And then we look at that defense. How are you going to do it? 24th yards per play giving up. Uh, Points per play, 17th. Yards per pass attempt, 23rd. Like, Tyler, you're not beating anybody with these rankings defensively. You're not stopping any real quarterback, any real offense. And that's why I just don't know. We... I think we're, it's funny. I didn't really think about it until we did this episode, but every team that we think can threaten has no defense. Yeah. The Vikings do, but they've yeah. got no quarterback. They're down yeah, to Jared Hall. Flip it. Flip it. Flip the Vikings. Yeah. And you know what's funny? If you asked those, those coaches of those, the 49ers, they probably would rather play. Man, maybe not. But they would probably rather play those other teams that don't have good defense. I, I think they would take their chances. The Vikings of the teams that you maybe don't want to play or scared of, they have a real defense. But they're going to throw three picks. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I didn't think that we'd be sitting here. Uh, it's a three-team race. Eve, I think a day away, and think, wow, if the Vikings only had Kirk Cousins, mm. imagine where they'd be. If they had Kirk Cousins, they're the team point. that could beat San Francisco, potentially. They'd be the team. They would be the team. They're the only team. Well, Dallas, because Dallas has a good defense, too. Yeah, they looked really good against the Bills I, here a I couple weeks back. It's one game. It's one game. I have to go with the hole that I see, and Dallas's defense is legit. It just exasperates, and, 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 and I guess – kind of veers the magnifying glass over the organizational failure in Green Bay to just hang on to this defensive coordinator where they can't get it right. You know, they, you hear like continuity and you hear do it every other year or Washington to LA to Green Bay. But I mean, they, they were torn up by Bailey Zappi and Taylor Heineke last season, Tommy yeah. DeVito this season. It's we were there week two in Atlanta when Desmond Ritter caught fire in the fourth quarter and, and Jordan Love was great that game. The offense made plays. It's, I mean, David Bakhtiari's played 55 snaps. Your left tackle, fourth highest paid lineman. Jair Alexander, the richest cornerback ever, has been out most of the season. And when he's been playing like he did against Carolina, it's you, you'd rather take Valentine or Valentine or any time at cornerback other than him. It's You're not getting the Jair Alexander of old. Aaron Rodgers, I think that's 40 mil in dead cap money. Devondre Campbell, they're paying him a lot of money. I think you'd rather have Isaiah McDuffie at inside backer than him. And there's drama in the Devondre Campbell department too, saying he's no longer going to play injured. Like, what the hell happened there? It's it's a, it's a failure from LaFleur to hang on to Barry. I'm not saying a new coordinator is the, the end-all, be-all, but... Man, it sure can uh, shock the system. We've seen uh, it, Cleveland with Jim Schwartz. It it could have helped. Now, you know, now Tyler, I will say their defense isn't good enough, and offensively, I still as as 
their progression has been great. They're still a middle of the road offense. Like, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not so saying that Love is Matthew no. Stafford, and no, you weren't. But, I was just I wanted to make sure we, we we I like everything I've seen from Love as far as that looks like a quarterback who's learning. It's getting better. You see the things you need to see. I don't think they're good the Browns' enough. defense was terrible last year, though. The late game collapses, all of that. The Browns. Yeah, I'm saying the Browns. And then they, they they hire with with Joe Woods, and then they hire I mean, a coordinator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it and the, it turns around. I to just kind of stick with the status quo off of a few wins late last season, right? I think they they beat up some bad teams. Tua got the concussion in Miami. It really wasn't like you were facing the real Tua in that game. I don't know. It's t- they, I just feel like they've been rotating coordinators so much. Right. They did start with Mike Pettin. I felt like that was a quick one. Who was right before Pettin? It was, I just felt like it was two years, two years, two years. Boom, boom, boom. But anyway, there, yeah. I think we're down to three teams. Or maybe two. But I think it's three. I think it's Philly, Dallas, San Fran. I don't think Philly's defense, the way they're playing, I just I don't see them. Like to me, to me, Tampa can like Philly could lose to Tampa first round if they had to play. I don't know all the matchups. I'm just saying. Actually, other than San Fran, anybody could get bounced in the first round. It's fair enough to say. First round. I still think Dallas and San Fran are the two class of the NFC. Not not that mm. that's some I'm not trying to say that's some that's not groundbreaking statement. It's just hard for me to picture these other teams beating them with no defense. I have a hard time seeing picturing Dallas winning meaningful playoff games too. Yeah. I, I'm not gonna I argue. In the status of how's how's Gilmore? Uh, I don't know what his. I don't know what the what they um, anticipate for him moving forward playoffs. But yeah. Anyways, but Tyler, that's right your there. point with Mike McCarthy. When you're that good on offense and defense statistically, and if you're not winning and getting to that, it's either the quarterback or the head coach. In my, you know, it's one of those two is your issue. It's yeah. that simple. When you're top 10 on offense in every real category and defense in every real category, and you might get bounced in the first round, that's a quarterback head coach issue. That's a great point that applies to both conferences. And we, we touched on it in the AFC. 100% agree. agree. You can be statistically right where you want to be right now. Top 10 this, top 10 that, EPA, whatever dvoa or <laughs> whatever it still is about the coach being aggressive believing in his players coach quarterback unleashing your quarterback and you hope you have a special one That's it. in those playoff games in those yeah. moments that was central to a series that ran here and Maybe Sean McDermott turns a new leaf. Maybe we see a different Bills team in the postseason if they get in. But I, I think that whether it's the AFC or the NFC, that's what's going to win. Maybe we answered our own question, right? McVay and Stafford have done it. That that Super Bowl against Cincinnati, man, nothing was working for three and a half quarters. 
And eventually they just say, all right, we don't care what Cincinnati schematically is going to throw at us. They were really going out of their way to take away Cooper Cup. They just force fed Cup the ball. And they, with a little help from the stripes, not sure if Logan Wilson really uh, impeded on the receiver that play to keep the drive alive. Don't you love it when we have to talk about the officials? It's always great. Every game, every team. You're right. But they've got it. They've got that coach-quarterback combination. You know, Tampa, love me some Baker. Todd Bowles is still the head coach, still a defensive guy. Like what Dave Canales has kind of done, but we don't know how they're going to respond yet in that moment. And we've seen Mike McCarthy kind of melt down in late game situations. We absolutely have seen him melt down against the San Francisco 49ers. Nick Sirianni and the Eagles, they did get to the Super Bowl. Jalen Hurts did have one of the best Super Bowl performances that we've, we've ever seen. It was amazing. Except, staff, it, except Hurts didn't do it when he needed to to put them away in the second quarter. All right, go ahead. Well said. But that, but, he did, but he did ball out. He did ball. And and their staff is chopped up. I mean, I think you with, Tyler, we've probably seen Shane Steichen had a lot had you a lot of impact. About that. You talked about that I in our, you know, in the pre before the season started, you you brought that up about the coordinators and I, you know, they both have shown to be good cook, you know, their teams are Arizona, Indianapolis, regardless of their records, if you're paying attention, they're rebuilding those franchises correctly. Okay. Any final Buffalo, thought? New England. Buffalo, New England, last thought. It's not happening. Buffalo's winning. I don't know if they're covering, but they're winning. You don't see uh, Bailey Zappi? I don't see it. Bills had that nice little – that last week was their shot to slip up. I they'll, agree. They'll show up this week, get this win. And then we know the big one coming against Miami. They, there, there really haven't been letdown games under McDermott in seven years. Very rarely see them just not show up and lose a game. Like yeah, they don't really have letdown games. They have disappointing. Ga- like that's that's a good point. They don't have letdown games. They have games that don't make sense. Yeah, yeah. That if you're a Bills fan listening, keep an eye on. Bengals Chiefs. I know the Chiefs are heavy favorites. I think it's at seven at Arrowhead because everybody just is waiting for them to figure it out on offense. But I, I mean, we've been waiting all season. I don't know. All I know is the Bengals hate the Chiefs. There's a true yeah. hatred there. And you can see that. I mean, Jake Browning might turn the ball over three times again and lose this game. I can see the Bengals winning in Kansas City. And if they win in Kansas City, that's that's the game that could create more chaos in the AFC, um, because I I think the Texans getting CJ Stroud back is is big, and they've got two very winnable games. Is it the Titans and the Colts, and then the Jaguars? They looked really really bad against Tampa Bay, so maybe the conversation ends there. They're on a five game losing streak. They also have two winnable games. That's where, it, I mean, the Bills are, I, I think the Bills get in. I do. I think they get in. But they might have, they might have to beat Miami to get in in that, in that last game. If, if the Bengals beat the Chiefs, that's, that's the game I think that could create a little chaos 
for the Bills. Um, wouldn't hold your breath because we can all overthink this for hours on end. Right now, the Bills look good, and they've got Josh Allen. Probably, probably ends there. They get in, and you've got a shot to win a Super Bowl with Josh Allen. But there's we, we've we've seen nothing but chaos in this AFC. Yeah. I think, like we said, I think it's a two-team race in the AFC, though. Lamar, Josh, if that, it's your time. Like we said, it's your time to get to the Super Bowl. This is your year. One of you two need to get there this year. And in the NFC, I think it's between those three, Philly, Dallas, San Fran. I mean, nothing groundbreaking here. I just don't see – I, I, I love can't, Miami. Miami's, Miami would be the AFC team that could – yes, because they actually can play defense. I would agree with you. Miami would be the team that could unseat those two. I think that perception that they're a soft finesse team is they're not. Wrong. They, they get are. after the quarterback too. I, we talked. About, I, I'm with you on Miami. Yeah, they need. A, they have the defense, and obviously we know they have the offense, but they also have the. It's it's the fatal flaw for every team. I shouldn't say fatal flaw. It's the kryptonite for every team. Pass rush. If you get to Tua, there's an easier chance to affect Tua than there is to affect Lamar or Josh Allen. True. Yeah, that's how I would. If you can make him a sitting duck, get a lead, force you know, him to play you catch know up. That's you what know Buffalo he's... did at home. Yeah, that's why I, that, that that run game is so important for which Miami. Miami, which we know Miami has. Yes, they have it. They yeah, have it. Miami's legit. You're right. We should. You're right. There's three teams in it, both conference. Miami needs to be in that with Baltimore and Buffalo. All right. We can we you know what let's just pod for a few more hours. The kids downstairs they've got yeah. they've got some Christmas toys they can play with and actually I should I should probably assist Jim. We have to do our part. Toys only last. We're toys too, Tyler. We are toys as well. Well, absolutely. It sure beats screens and oh, that BS. No doubt. Those are going to be outlawed in this household to the end of time. Hey, we got to thank our friends at Fatty. Make sure you get on in there. Get a seasonal, get a stout. So many options at Fatty Beer Company, downtown Buffalo, Orchard Park, Hamburg, Kenmore, Tonawanda, all over the place. Can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. And we've got a lot of stories and a lot of podcasts up at the site if you're catching up this weekend ahead of the games. A Q&A with Eric Kramer. He really bared his soul in his autobiography, The Ultimate Comeback. Jim, I can't recommend this book enough. To everyone, it is you. You'll you'll finish it in a couple of days. It's a lot of these autobiographies that players put out are kind of uh, through, you know, a, ro- a rosy picture of that person's life and that person's career, and they conveniently omit, ah, uh, you know, things like that watching they, a, it, like a highlight, like watching a highlight tape. It's like a highlight film. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like like most documentaries on Netflix, like you don't. They just kind of gloss over the ugly. Eric does not gloss over the ugly. He pulls it out and puts it on display for the world to see. And, and on the podcast, we discussed a lot of a lot of the stuff in the book. And of course, we had the series a couple of years ago on Eric Kramer. Crazy. I mean, he attempted suicide, survived, and then mm. was a child. He was basically a six, seven year old for four or five years, it took that long for his brain to kind of wake up. And in the meantime, he's coerced into a sham marriage. Hundreds of thousand dollars are, are stolen. The, the legal system in California eats him alive. Like 
they're they're taking money as well. It's ho- horrible, horrific. Um, so check that out. Check out the podcast with Bob McGinn to learn more about Jair Alexander, the Packers, the Lions, the Vikings. And then we've got a feature on Juice Scruggs, Houston Texans guard. Uh, t- talk about wild stories. 2019, Jim, he's driving up the I-79, hits black ice, and hits a ditch. His body just flies through the driver's side window, 15 feet from the car. The doctor tells him, thank God you weren't wearing a seatbelt. That saved your life. Breaks his back, comes back to play at Penn State. Here he is with the Houston Texans. And, oh, by the way, his brother also was shot by the police in Ashtabula, Ohio. And he's paralyzed from the waist down for life. So he's somebody that's been through a lot. Um, always trying to give you a different story here at Go Along. So thank you for reading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing with a friend. We are completely reliant on you. Jim? Tyler, big weekend. Enjoy.